Hey everybody, welcome to The Geek Awakens. So uh, I'm Mitch, and my question for my co-hosts tonight, so earlier this week, Ron Perlman challenged Ted Cruz to a wrestling match and promised $50,000 to Black Lives Matter if Cruz accepts. Plain and simple, who you got? We'll start with Tabitha. Uh, Ron Perlman. Duh. Matt. Is that even a real question? <laughs> I mean, I don't care if he's Ron Perlman, Hellboy, or any other character that he's ever played, Ron Perlman. Lydia. Yeah, absolutely, Ron Perlman. I, I feel like this is just an excuse to wrestle with Ted Cruz. Like, I don't think it... I think he just wants to take him down. <laughs> you, you all are forgetting the whole uh, conspiracy theory where Ted Cruz is a Zodiac killer. You I'm not miss- forgetting that, but he also... <laughs> never mind, not gonna... <laughs> not, not a true crime podcast. Ron Perlman's still got him, though. <laughs> I don't know. If he's a Zodiac killer, I think I think my money's going to have to be on Ted, as much as I hate to say that. <laughs> <laughs> so we are going to start off with uh, Artist Alley tonight. And uh, this was actually one that we, have re- we had recorded a couple weeks ago. Uh, I spoke with Eric Anderson, who is the new owner of uh, Reader's World. So when Illinois moved to phase three of the state's uh, pandemic reopening plan, the comic and game store reopened at an expanded location. Uh, also, uh, even though like I'm rarely in that part of town, Reader's World does have a special place in my heart. It was where I bought my first comic book with my own money. Hey, Mitch here, and I'm talking with Eric Anderson, uh, owner of Reader's World. Eric, how's it going? Really good. Good. So uh, tell us a little bit about Reader's World and uh, what items you guys specialize in. Um, Reader's World's been around a long time. Um, I recently took it over back in October, uh, purchased it off of John Podesky. Um, we've really started uh, caring a lot more. It used to be that we only probably specialized mainly in comics. I uh, really wanted to buy, diversify the store and really grow um, into uh, holding events and uh, many other uh, areas. So now we actually carry a lot of trading card games such as Magic the Gathering, Pokemon, Yu-Gi-Oh! Uh, we also carry uh, miniatures now with paints. Uh, we carry t- a lot of tabletop games, uh, carry a lot of D&D supplies, and, and so forth. So we've really done a lot to diversify the store and really make it a lot more enjoyable for the average person. Yeah, that's awesome. And going back to what you are saying about events, uh, what have been some of the games that uh, have been played during those events, and how did those work? So uh, we, we've really grown our uh, Magic community a lot. Uh, we've now started hosting... Uh, a lot of Warhammer uh, events, stuff like that. Um, unfortunately, due to the pandemic, we haven't been able to host any of those events. But when, when we are able to start back up, we will be doing magic events probably six six nights a week. And we'll be doing Warhammer probably three or four nights a week. Uh, and each uh, night would have a different event type going on. So it's not just... Uh, so, like on Monday nights, we usually do standard for Magic. Uh, Tuesdays we do Commander. Wednesdays would be Draft. Thursdays would be like Pioneer. Fridays would be F and M's, such as uh, Draft and Modern. And Saturdays is All Day Commander. Um, and then, as far as uh, the miniatures go, we always have the open tables. People can come play casual. And also people could come play casual with Magic, but we also will do uh, different, like on Tuesdays we could do like Kill Team, uh, Saturday would be 40K, Sundays would be Warcry, and just different things like that. And then people are also free to set up their own events and things like that. That's awesome. So um, you guys recently just moved to a new spot. Uh, what brought on that move? I felt like the old store was... It's almost kind of like living in a cave, very cramped. Uh, I wanted more of an open feel, and I felt like we needed the more space for the direction I wanted the store to go into. And uh, I got a lot of good uh, rep- uh, responses from customers about the direction we were going in, and I felt like we really needed to go completely that direction and, and go where I feel like most of your local game stores are going into with the more tables, uh, more open area and being able to host the events and allow people to come in and just hang out, you know, and, and plus I enjoy just talking to people, you know, and having that extra space and being able to see people and, and being able to see the whole story, you know, nothing's 
worse than when you go down an aisle and you can't see the rest of the store to, to really see what what they have available. Yeah, for sure. So what do you personally geek out about? I love comics. I've always loved comics as a little kid. Uh, X-Men was always my thing. Wolverine was always my guy. And then growing up, I've just gotten more and more into that and diversified myself a lot and more of the comics. I mean, uh, it's amazing how you can just read a comic from many years ago and it really talks about issues we're going through today, you know, mm-hmm. and it, it's so cool. And I think they're a timeless uh, thing that they're, they're just, you know, it really gets you out of reality and kind of takes you to another place. And it's really kind of my uh, stress relief, you know, to sit down and reading comics. And then the other thing is, is I love interacting with people. Uh, I've done retail a long time and uh, nothing's more exciting than seeing somebody open a pack and get that, you know, awesome, <laughs> you know, Death Corona Godzilla out of a magic pack <laughs> and get, see him get all excited. I mean, it's just... It, People come here and they they want to buy the stuff, you know, and uh, they it, just seeing the excitement on their faces and learning and, and playing and uh, really starting out getting into uh, Warhammer and things like that. And uh, it's just a lot of fun. Really love engaging with the community and talking to people and and talking about stuff that people like to talk about, you know. Yeah. So, all right. So. You know, I know you said that, you know, like X-Men, you know, they were your favorite comics growing up. So what was your favorite game growing up? My favorite game was probably Risk. Okay. I loved uh, Risk when I was a little kid. Uh, we would play that for hours. I remember uh, me and a group of my friends, we had a regular game that we'd play on Easter. It was weird. It was like Easter Sunday, we'd all get together and just play Risk all day long. And it'd be uh, no hold barred. And we'd even did up like our own because we wanted a life size, uh, so we had to get several tables and made our own little board and everything, and played uh, Risk over and over and over again. And then basically that person got to talk trash for the whole next year, whoever won, and, and uh, had bragging rights for for who knows how long, and uh, for a bunch of teenagers, you know, uh, that that was a lot of trash talking. So I bet, I bet. Yes. Online shopping, especially right now, is kind of a way of life. But mm-hmm. there is something to be said about comic book shops and game yes. shops. It's kind of like a different, you know, environment. Mm-hmm. What is it about these kind of stores that, that what makes them special? I think a lot of people. One is, can you really see what you're buying when you're ordering something online? Uh, a lot of people are very big about condition, and I mean, what's better than having it in your face, being able to get it the day of, and to be able to really look at the artwork and stuff like that, like. I feel like a lot of times in comics, the artwork is very underappreciated and just seeing a lot of the new artwork with Batman and a lot of the black label stuff and Joker and all that kind of stuff that I feel like it's very underappreciated. And just to have that in your hand, you know, cause like I know for a long time they've been pushing the digital stuff. Mm-hmm. I really feel like it's never taken off like they, they thought it would because it's just something about having that artwork in your hand and reading the story and and then just having that physical thing to be like, you know, I got the first appearance of, you know, I mean, heck, here at the store, we got the first appearance of Loki, you know, and it's pretty cool stuff, you know, to think like, as a kid, I would have never, ever thought of even being able to touch that. And right. To have that in the store is just so cool, you know, uh, and same way with like Punchline, you know, I mean, things like that is just so cool to even know that even now we have iconic comics that are coming out that are going to be collectors for, for years to come, you know. Yeah, I, I just think that coming to the store and actually having that place and just seeing that excitement of coming getting your comics every Wednesday morning is so cool. Yeah. So on the flip side of that though, mm-hmm. online shopping is a yes. way of life. Yes, is that is. something that you guys do offer? Yes, we do. We do have our own uh, website. Uh, it's called 217 Comics and uh, we, it is available off our Facebook page. You can actually buy, purchase stuff off our Facebook page now. Um, I mean, to survive nowadays you have to do it. And we didn't have that before um we do have it now and every day we're adding more stuff to it uh it also allows people to be able to purchase stuff and then pick it up we also offer shipping things like that or delivery as long as you live within a 10 mile radius so um we do offer those other uh options for people just in case if they do not want to get out and things like that and still be guaranteed to get their item and the great thing about our stores you don't have to worry about us like raising prices on stuff and things like that due to scarcity you know we're going to charge if you have a a 
pull and hold or whatever, we will hold the item for you and you will be charged cover price. We're not going to raise the price all because of scarcity of an item or whatnot. So. That's awesome. So I know that it's it's a crazy time right now, but mm-hmm. do you have any plans for the rest of the year? I mean, do you have mm-hmm. like, you know, your hopes and wishes of something that might happen, you know, this summer? Yes. Um, I mean, a lot of stuff got put on hold, uh, obviously, but I, I really feel like I think things are getting better. Um, and I am hoping by July we can actually start hosting events again. Um, we're supposed to be, so far, fingers crossed, the Quad Con is still going to happen hopefully in August. We're going to be uh, help host the event and awesome. also help uh, run a table and things like that. Uh, and then we're going to plan on trying to be more involved with like the firefighters, uh, uh, Comic-Con and uh, a lot of the other events going on. Uh, a lot of the baseball card uh, events are, I think are going to start it up and they're asking us to be involved in that. And so hopefully be a little bit more involved in the community. And the other thing is, is like I'd already started wor- working with uh, Boy Scout groups and different things like that, going to their uh, uh, meetings and hosting events, teaching the kids like how to, like a lot of them kids all play these kind of things, but they, mm. they don't necessarily know how to play it correctly. And so we go there and teach them, teach them about collecting, teach them about how to play the games and different things like that. And, and, and just try to be more involved. And then hopefully right. soon we'll actually be working with schools and stuff like that and doing the same kind of stuff once all this hopefully uh, goes over. But a lot of it's just up to uh, what what's safe for us to do. Mm-hmm. And okay. uh, we're just kind of like, because everything changes day by day. And so we're just kind of waiting until we know for sure what we can do and then make the plan. <laughs> so hopefully maybe in July we'll be able to start going back and doing those things and really have a lot of fun. Um, I know we still have a plan. We're going to hopefully host a 1K for uh, Magic the Gathering. And then uh, I know we plan on doing a lot of big tournaments, hopefully uh, with the miniatures and stuff once all this starts. Hope is back up too. Fantastic. So uh, last question. Take this, uh, it's not really a question, but, you know, take this opportunity, you know, tell everybody, you know, like where you're located, how people can reach you, mm-hmm. social media, however you want to plug yourself, go for it. <laughs> cool. One thing is I want to thank everybody for all the support we've gotten through this. Um, we couldn't have made it through this without your guys' support, so I appreciate that. Uh, we're located over on the south end, off of Stevenson Drive, across from Magro's Meats. We're still in the same shopping center. We're just two doors down from Yanni's. So if you like to come in and hang out and you like to eat gyros, it's the place to go. <laughs> uh, there's a lot of good restaurants not too far from here. We're really close off the interstate. Uh, we have a lot of people that come from out of state, which is amazing me just stopping in, um, things like that. And then we've really diversified the store. Um, we sell toys now, board games, miniatures, paints, way more than what we had before. So if you're really looking for an experience, this is the place to come. Uh, it's really open, very locked cleaner you know it's not as closed you can use our table space for free you know we're not charging people for uh table fees or any of that kind of stuff you can just come in if you want to host a DD game host a DD game uh whatever you want to do let us know and we can start reserving stuff for you uh we do have a facebook page we do have um our store and you can definitely message us through that you can also text us through our store phone number if you'd rather do that or call us Usually you can reach us, and we're open every day now, back again. And uh, we'll be open till about 9 o'clock every night, except for Sundays. Now, if it looks like we start getting busier on Sundays, we could do to extend our hours out more on Sundays, too. I'm really excited. I hope you guys are, too. And I really liking all the new faces I've been seeing the last few days. So pretty cool stuff. Awesome. Well, Eric, thank you so much for talking to us, and best luck to you. Thank you. So if you want to be a part of Artist Alley, shoot us an email at thegeekawakenspodcast at gmail.com. Or just slide into our DMs on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. I just really hate that you say that. I hate it so hard. I hadn't said it in a while. (laughs) Yeah. But when you do, it just... (laughs) (laughs) I I can't promise I'll never say it again, but I'll try not to ever say it again. You won't try at all. You'll say it again. Yeah, you're right. (laughs) (laughs) At least he's honest. A little bit of breaking-ish news was announced yesterday, a free online event for DC fans. Uh, DC announced uh, the DC Fandom. Um, It'll be on August 22nd from noon Central Time, and it'll be accessible for 24 hours. And basically, it's going to have announcements from WB Games, film, and uh, TV and comics, 
Uh, it's gonna also feature six virtual areas, each with their own full pro uh, programs. Basically, this is what DC is trying to do because of the whole lack of conventions this year. Um, I had a website and I didn't write down, so bear with me. Excuse me. Um, but yeah, so the website will be dcfandome.com. So, uh, cool. yeah. Also, a little bit of more DC news. The producer of the Flash uh, standalone movie, uh, Barbara Muschietti, was asked on YouTube if there were any updates on the movie. And she said, it's coming very soon, but no other details or hints. Something tells me that we're going to have some information at this DC fandom. Okay. But, I mean, any news will be good news, and I have a feeling that the news isn't going to be something like, oh, yeah, JK, we're not doing it anymore. I mean, oh, let's hope not. <laughs> I feel like that would be one that DC could do well. Yeah, um, especially, especially if they're still trying to go the Flashpoint route. Um, you know, it's a great story. It's a way for them to make the changes that they're wanting to make with the whole DCEU. But yeah, but we'll see. We'll see yeah. if they go that route. It is now time for... Oof! Gut reaction. And we're going to start tonight with Matt and um, Warrior Nun? Yeah, this one I kind of just literally stumbled across uh, yesterday, today, yesterday. Um, this is a new series on, it's going to be on Netflix on, what, July 2nd? Um, it is based on a graphic novel, and we know that Netflix has had pretty good luck with their graphic novel adaptations. It's kind of hard to explain other than the fact that this girl has a mortal injury, um, and then is gifted with essentially superpowers, um, she becomes a warrior nun for the, I forget what the, the trailer says, the Blessed Sword? I forget exactly. Some religious, I don't know, superhero group, essentially. Um, it kind of looks like Wanted, but without Angelina Jolie and no bending bullets. Um, also, like, this trailer is... Kind of weird, kind of awesome. Um, I'm in for this, um, but I want more of the character's backstory, just from the trailer alone. Um, so I am going to go thumbs up on this trailer. Lydia. So I didn't get a chance to like actually watch the trailer because that's just the horrible human being that I am. That sounds really odd. I can see how it might be interesting, but I would have to actually go watch the trailer myself. But it coming out on July 2nd, I'm sorry, the next day I'm just going to be too busy watching Hamilton to care, so thumbs up, everybody. <laughs> Y'all, this reboot of Sister Act is dark. <laughs> <laughs> in, in all seriousness, I have no idea what I watched when I watched that trailer, but you know what? It's weird enough, I think I'm in for it, so thumbs up, uh, Tabitha. <laughs> Uh, yeah, uh, Tiny Tabitha toyed with the idea of becoming a nun, and if I had, and this had not been an option, once I became a nun, they were like, actually, JK, welcome to our crazy superhero sect of nundom. I'd have been like, ah! I the did. Like, I want this. I want to be a warrior nun. Like, now I have a goal. <laughs> Also, I agree with Lydia, though. I am going to be way too busy watching Hamilton on repeat when this first comes out. But like all good things, I'll wait and I'll do it later. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, thumbs up. I got distracted talking about how I wanted to be a warrior then. <laughs> uh, Tabitha, let's talk about Pinocchio. Um, so somehow I missed the fact that Guillermo del Toro has been working on the stop frame animation version of Pinocchio for Netflix. Don't know how I missed that. Um, but we had a little bit of casting news this week. Uh, Del Toro has said that the role of Jiminy Cricket will be a political parable, but now we know that Ewan McGregor is being considered for the role. So the film's going to be set in the 1930s. So, you know, fascism, Mussolini, all my favorite things. Um, Del Toro has already said the film will be dark because Del Toro, but Ewan McGregor teased that he might have a song. 
So if Willy Wonka taught me anything, it's that a creepy movie can be made even creepier by a creepy song. So <laughs> True. Um, is not going to be family friendly. This is going to be very dark, very political, very del Toro-y. Uh, we have no release date, but as soon as we have one, I will be sure to let you guys know because I am super thumbs up for this. I Yes, give me a Pinocchio retelling that is not super happy, like that dumbass Disney version. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I have a lot of feelings about the Disney Pinocchio. <laughs> you don't say. Yeah. <laughs> Matt. As you went through that, I kind of vaguely remember hearing about this in the past. Um, and I, like, this is one of those that makes me want to go back and read, like, the original story, obviously, because Del Toro is going to take a dark spin on it. Um, visually, Del Toro being attached to this, I'm 100% in. Um, and then if you get, you know, people like Ian McGregor to do voices, uh, huge thumbs up. Lydia. I really like the idea of, like you said, a darker retelling of this. Like, granted, I remember the live action one from when I was little freaking me the heck out, but I think it would be cool to actually dive into a darker version overall and having Ewan McGregor be Jimmy just sounds like a good time, so thumbs up. Thumbs up to the um, idea and the retelling. Thumbs down to um, just the sheer amount of people who are going to be like, are going to assume that this is a family-friendly movie because it's Pinocchio, mm. and then they yeah. freak out because it's not. Um, so I guess we're going to average it out and say thumbs sideways. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't even think about that, but yeah, you're right. People are going to be mad. Oh, yeah. Like, like when Deadpool... But it'll be so funny! <laughs> <laughs> People will be like, I sat down and watched this Pinocchio with my kids, and then it was and all now they're traumatized, right? And now it was all about Mussolini, and now my kids are traumatized. Well, read the description. <laughs> so uh, Hasbro Pulse has announced the Deadpool Premium Animatronic Head. It is a full-size uh, replica. It's a talking head that has more than six hundred lines, um, ranging from Marvel Comics references to obscure one-liners. Uh, it's available for pre-order for $99.99. Um, I saw the commercial or whatever for this. Um, I'm not about this life. Thumbs down. Tabitha. Yeah, no, creepy. No, thank you. Bye. Thumbs down. <laughs> Matt. If it's not Ryan Reynolds doing the 600 mm -hmm. lines, then even for $100, this is too weird be in my house so thumbs down it sounds like great value brand ryan reynolds <laughs> oh nope lydia yeah absolutely everything matt just said was what i was going to say thumbs down <laughs> uh matt we're getting a star wars anthology we are um this is actually the second one in i guess the series if you will um a few years ago tor released this book called certain, certain point of view um, it was, I think at that point it was also 40 stories, but it was all a collection of short stories that run from the beginning of A New Hope to the end, and it goes see, essentially kind of scene by scene, um, and each story is literally from a different point of view than the character that you, characters you would see in the movie. So in that one, you had a character, you had one story, like one of my favorites was from Lando's perspective, like sitting in a bar watching this like propaganda film um, of the Death Star being blown up. Um, so this one, this new one is being released on November 10th. It is coming from Peng Penguin Random House. Um, and it again, 40 stories celebrating 40 years of the Empire Strikes Back. So we will have stories from that movie. Um, they teased this last weekend. Um, there are 39 of the 40 authors have been announced, and this is an incredibly, amazingly diverse group of authors. Um, we have S.A. Shocker Bordy, Delilah Dawson, R.F. Quang, um, Daniel Jose Older, Martha Wells, um, Gary Witta is included. Um, it, it's just, it looks like a fantastic list. Um, and to top it all off, 
All the proceeds are going to go to First Book, which is a nonprofit that distributes books and other educational resources to a network of educators who work with children in need. Um, Penguin Random House right off the bat is donating $100,000 and Disney Lucasfilm is donating 100,000 children's books as part of this release. Um, I, I love the first one. I, the second one sounds fantastic. Plus all of the, the, the good things that are going on as part of this, uh, absolutely like huge two thumbs up. Lydia. I really like the idea of seeing things from a different character's perspective and the fact that they're using this to do so much good also is really amazing. So absolutely thumbs up. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sounds interesting. It's not going to be for me personally, but, um, I like the concept. I like the, um, what else they're doing, um, in terms of, uh, you know, helping out the community or whatever. But so, yeah, so definite thumbs up, uh, Tabitha. I never got around to reading the first one of these and now I need to. So now I can read the second one of these. Um, huge thumbs up for the book, for the idea, for all the good they're doing in every community possible, basically. Like, this is what we need all book publishers to do. Like, there should be more of this in the book world and there's not. So it's super incredible that it's coming for something like Lucasfilm and like a uh, like a franchise as big as Star Wars. So huge thumbs up. Let's get a library card in Ethiopia. Oh my God. You guys. <laughs> <laughs> this is the best thing that happened to me all of me. So Ethiopia, like, you know, everywhere else in the world, closed everything down in mid-March in response to COVID-19. But the children in Ethiopia who were not going to school, which is about 26 million students, um, were then at a much higher risk for child labor and child marriage. So Save the Children found a way to help the children in the Somali region of Ethiopia by using camels. Um, more than 20 camels, camels? Nope, camels. <laughs> Completely different story. Right? <laughs> uh, we're deployed to carry wooden boxes full of books to kids in remote villages. These, like, traveling libraries, like, came with their camels and their little tents, and they set up in their villages. They were there for two and a half days. You rented your books from the library. You got to take them home. And then a week later, when they made their way back through your village with their camels and their tents, you returned your books. This is just so perfect. Like, in... In the crap world we live in, like the like the highlight of my week was books being delivered by camels. <laughs> <laughs> like, can I get that book delivery service? But this is just this is great. Like, say what you will about Save the Children and where their money goes. Like, this is an incredible, incredible feat for them to take on. But especially now when I mean these kids, while our kids could go to e-learning and you know they were still being subjected to, you know, schoolwork, uh, these kids weren't. And just maybe one book might have saved, you know, them from completely forgetting everything or them, you know, getting into a situation they could never get out of. So this is just, this makes my heart smile. So a giant thumbs up. Matt. I, this is fantastic. Uh, also, delivery by Camel. Yes, please. Thumbs up. Lydia. I love this. This is amazing. I, my only concern is I hope that nobody got spit on by a camel when they were going to get a book. <laughs> right? I was worried about the books. I'm reading this and the whole time I'm like, oh my God, what the camel ate the book or spit on it. Like, yep. <laughs> But yeah, this is wonderful. Thumbs up. Yeah, I feel like the camel would only spit on them if they tried to check out, you know, like Twilight or something like that. That would be okay. Then it's, that's justified. That's a justified <laughs> spitting. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, uh, fantastic, fantastic idea. Uh, but yeah, thumbs up. So as you know, comic books usually have a variant cover, um, which is basically it's just a different cover than what you know the, it normally will have. So I say this because in July, Marvel is going to have 10 titles. Uh, they'll have a special uh, uh, variant cover that's dedicated to DC Comics. Uh, the covers will have a solid color background with the title credits and a small logo and it's going to simply say on sale Wednesday and the back cover says Marvel Comics on sale every Wednesday. 
Uh, Marvel said in a statement that it's ideal for reminding customers that while other entertainment industries dominate Tuesdays and Fridays, uh, comics own Wednesdays. Uh, I think it's fantastic because like we kind of talked about about a little bit last week about how DC is now releasing their comics on Tuesday. I personally hate the idea because I'm not going to a comic book shop twice in a week. I'm just, I'm, I'm not. Um, <laughs> or at least, you know, like on a regular basis. Cause I say that cause I think I did go twice last week, but that's beside the point. Uh, but yeah, definite thumbs up for Marvel. Uh, I don't know that I'll buy any of these variants, but it's pretty cool. Tabitha. Yeah. I like this. Uh, I agree with you. Uh, sorry. Given what we talked about are last you, week. Are you allergic to agree- agreeing with me? I'm allergic <laughs> to the world right now. Like, my allergies are just insane. Like, I basically can't breathe. Sitting here, I keep getting up to blow my nose. So, that's fine. Yes, but I'm allergic to agree with you. Carry on. <laughs> <laughs> but you were going to say something else, though? Oh, um, no. Like, given what we talked about last week with how, like, the one thing you could always rely on was like comic book Wednesday and then like DC being like, <laughs> like I like that Marvel was like, but we still here. Like, <laughs> hi, comic book Wednesday. <laughs> Good marketing. Matt. Matt. Oh, uh, I think that might be my favorite part. Like yeah. it's almost like it's a little playful dig. Um, but I don't know. I, yeah, I don't know that I pick any of these up, but uh, a thumbs up for the idea. Lydia, I'll be honest. I didn't. I don't comic book enough to know that that was a thing. Like there was a specific day for comic books. I did not know that, but I like the idea of them kind of like jabbing at people a little bit like that. So yeah, thumbs up. <laughs> um, speaking of comic books, so um, X Men is going to have their big event later this year. Uh, it's called Ten of Swords. It was originally set for 15 parts, but now there's going to be at least 24 parts with the potential for more. Uh, it's going to have a crossovers throughout the entire X-Men line, and since it affects um, all of the X-World, chapters are going to appear in every X-Men title as well as three one-shots. Uh, I'm giving this a thumbs down. A, that's way too many parts to the story. Uh, B, it's not like it's going to have like one main mini series and then a bunch of tie-ins like no, like some X titles that I don't read or care about are going to be a big part of the story. And I'm not here for it. I say before I buy all of them, but still. But, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, again, like we keep reflecting back to the fact that this is one of the reasons I don't read like single issue comics. Like this stresses me out. Like the, I like just give it to me in a book and let the world be normal again like I don't know thumbs down that the event situation in regards to comics for the most part is just officially out of control um I mean the the seven days event that Lion 4 Joni Press did put everybody together seven issues make it happen fantastic like, I don't need 300 issues, five spinoff series, six one-shots. I, I don't that, – that's – it's too much. It's too much. Like, if you – I don't know. I feel like if you have that much for an event, then whoever's writing that event should just be the writer for a series, and you should just make it a long-term series like Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo or Tom King or – uh Nick Spencer did with Spider-Man like just nail down a series and have like guest appearances from other teams in your series but this 30 some issue shenanigans it's too much thumbs down Lydia I love the idea of more X-Men and having all the tie-ins with the different things and all that but I agree with Tabitha this is one of the reasons I don't read comics much because I I would not have the attention span to get through that many separate issues for one storyline that isn't even necessarily one storyline. So yeah, thumbs down. Uh, Matt, what is HBO Max doing? Uh, So speaking of comics, um, HBO Max is working with DC to produce some comics of their own. 
they're going to be called To the Max. Uh-huh. Uh, they are written by Ivan Cohen, and it is going to be a three-part, here you go, DC, digital series. That's the way they're going. Um, it's going to have multiple artists, but they are stories that are new and original stories of Hector, Brian, Olivia, and Max, uh, essentially new superheroes. These digital comics are going to contain Easter eggs for content on HBO Max. Um, Jim Lee from DC has said that these are superhero stories at their core, but they are also a pop culture scavenger hunt for the most media savvy. I'm all about new and diverse and interesting superheroes and series. Um, but this is just a marketing ploy. So mm -hmm. thumbs down. Lydia. I was going to say that exact same thing as this is definitely just a marketing ploy. I don't think this is something they should be digging into. They have their own little niche, leave comics and superheroes and things like that alone. Thumbs down. Uh, marketing ploy. Sure. Um, I'd still be somewhat interested in it. But when, if it's digital only, um, I'm not saying that I absolutely won't, but it's going to make it easier for me to forget that it's a thing. So I'm going to go thumbs sideways, Tabitha. Yeah, I agree with basically what Lydia said. Like, this feels like a marketing ploy, and it feels like you each have your own thing. Like, just go do your own thing. Like, stop, stop trying to make that happen. Like, I just, I don't know. <laughs> Where are you at, though? Where's your thumb? Oh, did I say thumbs down? <laughs> Y'all, I need so much Benadryl or not enough Benadryl. I don't even know what's going on. I'm not sure I remember recording this later. <laughs> so um, Jeff Colland, I think, uh, is a model maker. And he spent uh, 500 hours and 17,000 pounds creating a one by four. 14th or 114th scale, whatever model of the Star Trek Next Generation bridge. Um, I don't know if you guys saw this, uh, but it's like, first off, it, it looks exactly like the bridge. And then like, I was watching the video and then like, at first like I thought it was like a full size. And I was like, oh wow, that, that is really cool. And then I saw how tiny it was. And I was like, oh, I, I'm not for sure if this is as cool or cooler, but uh, <laughs> people... <laughs> People have said that it looks uh, CGI because of how uh, spot on that it is. But yeah, so definite thumbs up. Uh, much better way to spend the quarantine than I spent it. So uh, props to him. Tabitha. Uh, I actually saw this before you posted it in our group. And I was like, oh my God. And like looking through the pictures like I did. Like I thought it was a picture of the bridge. Like the first time I saw the picture. Um, I'm super proud of this guy and super impressed. Can you imagine the patience that that took? Like, not only the time, but just your, like, like, your own personal, like, <laughs> ability to not lose your stuff. Like, I, I, hats off to this guy. This is incredible. Thumbs up. Matt. Um, I used to see some of these things and go, where do people time, find the time for this? But, I mean, obviously, in the last few months, we know. Um, so... <laughs> Props to him for actually using it to do something fun and awesome and cool. So thumbs up. Lydia. Yeah, there's so much detail in this thing that I didn't, I didn't realize it was a miniature at first. And I, yeah, way better use of time than anything I've been doing, which is basically watching movies. So nothing important. So yeah, hats off to this guy. Thumbs up. So, uh, Tabitha, let's go to the Baby Yoda news desk. Uh, Soundbite so for that. Huh? We need we need a sound bite for that. I don't know what it would be though. I don't know either. Dude, dude, like the dude, like I that feels like the news death sound feels inadequate for Baby Yoda. Does he yeah. make a, a noise when he's chopping on a frog? I don't think so. Baby Yoda doesn't make a lot of sound. No. Yeah. My favorite thing about Baby Yoda, he's quiet. I don't like that baby. Anyway, um, so Funko very rarely lets me down when it comes to like the super adorable stuff that they make. And they have definitely impressed me now because there's going to be a 10 inch Mando in full armor carrying precious little baby Yoda. And literally my notes when I was looking at this say, he looks so cute next to Mando's giant head. All in, all in the capital. Um, 
<laughs> this is available now for pre-order and is about 30 bucks, but it's not coming until October 1st, which is just in time for season two on mm -hmm. Disney Plus. But like, I don't really need a 10 inch Mando holding a baby Yoda, but I kind of want a 10 inch Mando holding a baby Yoda because baby Yoda. You need it. Maybe. maybe. If I happen to walk into Target and sit on the shelf, maybe, but I'm not like, going to go out of my <laughs> way to get it. I actually, I came across a, uh, clearly not that one, but I came across a Baby Yoda Funko uh, over the weekend, and I almost bought it. I was actually, I was even like, I was in line, and I had a couple other things, but like, the line was way too long, and I just was like, I'm not waiting this long, and I, it was like one of those things, like I stood in line long enough, like I was like, I talked myself out of it. I was like, you don't really need this, dude. Especially, like, you can get it on, you know, like, online or I'm sure anywhere else. Like, you can find it another way. But, yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, this close. This close. Yeah, I still, I somehow managed to not buy anything Baby Yoda. Wow. I know. That's impressive. Like, nothing. And I don't know, like, I'm not a stuff girl. Like, I don't like things in my house. So, like, it's just a thing, but it's also Baby Yoda, so I just can't, but it's the perfect, I'm searching for that perfect Baby Yoda item, and I haven't yet found it. That's the problem. <laughs> That's fair. Maybe like a uh, Baby Yoda dog costume. I mean, obviously not for I mean, he's got the ears, but what he keep it on? He loves a good sweater, so probably. <laughs> Arnie spends the winter in sweaters, so there you go. He could probably wear a costume. He probably would. He probably wouldn't even notice he was wearing the costume, just to be honest. With you. <laughs> you think that think that would make him eat frogs, though? I mean, if you put it in front of him, he's gonna eat it anyway. So true. <laughs> the dog loves snacks. He's my biological dog. <laughs> Got that. <laughs> Uh, Tabitha, we're going to stick with you and let's talk about uh, what NASA is doing. So NASA has actually appointed its first ever female head of human spaceflight. Uh, Kathy Luters will now be overseeing the Human Exploration and Operations Mission Directorate, which includes the Artemis program, uh, which is planned to land the first woman and the next man on the moon. Um, she's actually been with NASA for about 30 years, um, and she was involved in the SpaceX Dragon launch in late May. Um, but her predecessor, uh, Doug something, um, resigned his job that he'd only had for, like, half a year. And he did that, like, right before the SpaceX launch. Um, no one really knows why. Like, all the comments from coming out of NASA are, like citing personal reasons and it had nothing to do with like them aligning themselves with like privatizing space or whatever, but no one believes them. Um, doesn't matter. Takeaway is that a position at NASA that's historically been held by men, um, has been given to a woman. Um, no matter what direction NASA is going, whether they're going private sector or, you know, global sector, whatever they're going. Um, this is groundbreaking and this is absolutely incredible. Um, this is something that NASA has been really far behind on. Like, look at a lot of the other branches of, like, military, and you, you see women in power. Um, NASA's never been like that. NASA has always <laughs> been male-driven. Uh, women have always been in the background of NASA. Um, they have not had good luck with women astronauts, RIP. But, uh, right, hopefully this opens some new doors at NASA which would be just absolutely incredible. I don't know anything about her career there, but she's, I mean, she's been there for 30 years and this is where she's got. So that's really awesome. Yeah, that's, that is fantastic. It really is. And I feel like since she has been there that long, she might have some ideas of how to bring it like more in, into the future, I guess is a good way to put it as far as like getting women into those kind of jobs. Well, it's, it's bothered me that like, like, the whole thing with the Artemis Project is, like, they've been really pushing for a woman to land on the moon because, you know, a woman's never landed anywhere before in space. But it's always been dudes who are, like, we're going to get a lady on the moon. And I'm, like, okay, thanks. Like, I don't know. I like that that role specifically is being taken over by a woman. That makes me happy. 
Mm-hmm. Um, Matt, you've got a few game uh, gaming news pieces or whatever. Uh, let's start <laughs> off. Yeah, <laughs> hi, words. Jeez. Um, Did my allergies rub off on you? Something like that. <laughs> um, so, quick aside. Um, so, speaking of like rubbing, and that's I know that that sounds weird. But, so, I was cutting jalapenos earlier tonight. Oh no! Yeah, no. yeah. I I have washed my hands like no fewer than three times. Yeah, no. It's still yeah. Like it's not that bad, but like I've kind of like rubbed my eyes a couple of times. I'm like, why? Why is it stinging? Why? Why is this a thing? I used jalapenos in a soup one day and I washed my hands like four or five times and the next day I rubbed something out of my eye and still burned. Yeah. I had like third degree burns on my lips a couple weeks ago because I cut (laughs) up a jalapeno and then I was like, huh, and went like across my lips with my hand. (laughs) It was bad. I was like sitting in the house with a stick of butter pressed to my face trying to make the pain go away. (laughs) It was very cute. (laughs) So we don't get a butter cow this year, but we get a butter Tabitha. Hey, <laughs> if anybody wants to sculpt a butter model of me, I'm 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 in for it. Mostly just so when I burn my body, which is inevitable, I can just kind of hug it. <laughs> just hug yourself; it'll be okay. Yeah, right. Give myself a hug to make my burns go away. <laughs> so Matt, let's talk about this uh, new Star Wars game. So. There was actually a gameplay trailer, a kind of sort of, um, released today. I have not gotten a chance to watch that to get more details. Um, I will try and watch that and have more info for next week. But um, EA is releasing a new Star Wars uh, space battle game, if you will. Um, It's called Star Wars Squadrons. It is going to feature head-to-head single and multiplayer battles. Uh, it's the same developer that had, that did Battlefront 2. Um, they're going to allow you to fly ships on both sides of the uh, conflict. Uh, X-Wings, A-Wings, Y-Wings, U-Wings, TIE Fighters, Interceptors, Bombers, and Reapers. Wow. Um, <clears throat> so, uh, so at least 10 ships you're going to get to fly. It could be a variety of multiplayer mo- uh, modes, <clears throat> including the one that they have revealed already, which is called Fleet Battle, where you and your team, your goal is to destroy a capital ship. So, like, if you're the Rebels, you would be trying to take out a Star Destroyer. Um, so, the little bit of visuals that I did see looks cool. There is going to be a lot of customization for all parts of your ship and your pilot. Um, but EA has learned their lesson, if you will, with Battlefront 2. Um, all of the customization is going to be earned solely through gameplay. So no more loot boxes, no more microtransactions, um, which is a fantastic idea. And then to top all of this off, it is going to be it is going to have cross-platform support. So you will be able to play against your friends on Xbox, PlayStation, and PC. I learned what that meant this week. <laughs> so that's awesome. <laughs> Um, it does include a single-player campaign. It releases October second, and it's only scheduled. It's only listed to be forty dollars. So I'm going huge thumbs up on this. I think this is going to be fun. It's going to be awesome. Um, I'm a nerd out on this. We're not in gut reaction anymore, but I'm glad you got thumbs up. Oh, we're not. <laughs> <laughs> He's just really excited. I am really excited about this. Like I grew up. Like one of the first games I remember playing on the computer, like with like decent graphics was um star wars i think it was tie fighter um you got to fly a tie fighter and shoot down rebel pilots which i mean i'm not a fan of the empire but like that was super awesome and to be able to fly all these different ships customize your ship your you know your pilot i think it's gonna be super awesome yeah plus i always like the the ideas of games where you can play either the good guy or the bad guy. Mm-hmm. Right. I think it'd be, I think they're setting up to do kind of what some of these battle Royale or capture the flag games like currently do where you're going to have your squad of rebels against somebody else's squad of uh, Imperials. And that's going to be fun. Yeah. So uh, let's, 
switch gears from Star Wars to Lord of the Rings? Uh, so Lord of the Rings and Warner Brothers announced they are going to be releasing a new game. Um, the initial announcement was well met, and then some more details arrived, and it uh, kind of started to fall apart. Uh, it's coming from Warner Brothers Interactive. They are going to be working with a company called NetEase Inc., who has done mobile games before, but that's where it all comes in. This is going to be a mobile game. So not console, not PC, mobile. Um, and then the internet took over and basically just bashed, it. bashed the whole thing because the assumption is being a mobile game, it's not going to be all that good and it's going to be full of microtransactions mm -hmm. and it's just a moneymaker. So instead of getting a game that Lord of the Rings fans want, it looks like this is what we're going to get for now. Which nobody's really all that excited about. Yeah. But Lord of the Rings Rise of War, it'll be available to download soon. Meh. Yay. <laughs> right. Did anybody play that Harry Potter game when it came out? I oh, did. Like, was it okay? Was it full of microtransactions and stuff? Which one actually are we talking um, about? The one like went to school and like had to take classes. Okay, so like Hogwarts Mystery. It's yes. not bad, but you run out of energy really quick and you need energy to do things a lot. So like you can maybe do one or two things and then you have to either wait for several hours to progress with the story or pay for it. So yes, it kind of is if you're not patient which yeah. my problem is I tend to forget to play it again after I've used <laughs> all my energy. So yeah, that's probably yeah. what this Lord of the Rings thing is kind of going to end up being. And that's sad. Yeah. So that's what it made me think of when I was like reading about this is like that game, because I remember mm -hmm. people complaining about the format of that or however it yeah. was. Uh, Matt, we haven't had a good KFC story in a while. We have not. Ugh, have we had any good KFC stories, though? <laughs> is there such Define thing? good. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. Um, so the day after PlayStation, Sony announced the PlayStation 5, KFC took to the internet and um, released their new game system, the KF console. <laughs> I'm not even sure how to pronounce this. Um, it, uh, it includes a built-in, quote-unquote, chicken chamber for snacking. I'm sorry, which, what? Which, to me, just speaks of, it's just going to be overheating everywhere. Because game systems have Where's that Where's my bell? <laughs> you, can't, you can't ring the bell on me for bringing up the story. Yes, yes, uh, I can. All right, that's fair. <laughs> Um, this console essentially looks like a bucket of chicken with uh, sleeker red accents, a power button, and a disk drive, not to forget the chicken chamber, as they're calling it. I need that to not be the word. <laughs> like, you have to quit saying chicken chamber in our house. Can I say chicken chamber no! one more time? No, no you're dead. Okay. Oh, I know what we're naming chicken tonight's episode. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I'm just imagining, like, the smell of an overheating console mixed with burnt chicken and is not a pleasant smell in my brain. Plastic and burnt chicken. Yeah. Guys. It's definitely extra crispy. Oh. So. Uh. <laughs> I got it. Um, so, the whole thing is actually a joke. It, the, KFC is not revealing, not does not have a console. Thank um, God. But Dang. at the end of this little video reveal, there is a date of November 12th of this year. So then the question arises, what is KFC debuting on November 12th? Probably another heart attack and a bowl of gravy on it, because that's all KFC does. I, or like that double down sandwich, which was like a sandwich with chicken. Chicken bread. Chicken bread. <laughs> Oh my god. Uh, Mostly remember, I get mad when we talk about KFC because for the next week, all of my ads on social media <laughs> are for KFC. And then I see KFC freaking everywhere. 
Well, you're in luck because we have a buy one, get one free special going on right now. We're getting two KFC stories for the price of one. <laughs> oh, yeah, give Mitch a... Give Mitch Got a, it. Oh. So, I came across this the other day. It was after I posted my stories for you guys. And so I was like, you know what? I'm going to keep this keep this under wraps. So uh, you all know Animal Crossing, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, so until June 22nd, uh, Animal Crossing players will have a chance to visit a KFC. So, oh my god. So KFC Philippines has its own island where players can visit a restaurant with red and white booths, uh, chairs, a checkout counter, menus, a buffet, and yes, buckets of chicken. So nope. players, players have to wait for a link to appear on KFC Philippines uh, social media, and then they can look for Colonel Sanders. If you find Colonel Sanders, then the player gets a code for a free eight-piece bucket. Sad thing is, it's only available in the Philippines. Good. (laughs) I was gonna go buy a Nintendo Switch. Oh, damn it, I want one. Never mind, just kidding, go buy a Switch. (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah? I want to play Animal Crossing. It looks I funny. do too. <laughs> but you gotta, you gotta admit that Colonel is, that's kind of cute. No, it's creepy. <laughs> <laughs> it's creepy. It's all and plus, creepy. like, I mean, they had some pretty good detail with this. I mean, you know, like, I mean, they put some work into it. Yeah. but that doesn't make it less creepy. Like, there's, there's a microwave. Here's a, here's another picture. You guys can see that, like. Got some fridges, you know, like... Maybe those fridges is, against the wall. Well, why that? is his extra jacket on the ceiling? I don't know. <laughs> but, but yeah, oh, look, they even got a hand-washing sink, so, you know, like, they're up to code or whatever. How's your plumbing work, though? You don't put the sink in the middle of the room. <laughs> what? What do you give Matt a bell? Got it. <laughs> I mean, they got some cute landscaping. Oh, there's even... Oh, they've got a customer. Oh. I like how the employee in this one doesn't have a head. <laughs> oh. Oh, that's that's disconcerting. <laughs> that's just terrifying. It's a coronavirus precaution. Instead of wearing a mask, they just don't wear a head. Right. Yeah. They're they're too chicken to show their face. <laughs> Lydia, <laughs> I got it. <laughs> I like how the new bell is just me screaming, Lydia. <laughs> <laughs> hey, whatever works until we get you back to your bell. <laughs> yeah, that's that's gonna be like something that we'll have to like document or whatever, like the return, like the the, the rewrite. Bell. Yeah, yes. This, all right. <laughs> so before before uh, I get any more shames because of the uh, Animal Crossing, <laughs> is it Animal Crossing? I'm pretty sure it's KFC. Well, I don't. yeah, Animal Crossing wouldn't have gotten you shamed because I think Animal Crossing is adorable, and I just want to meet mm-hmm. eat meet little cute little creatures and build a little island. But even though Tom Nook's <laughs> apparently a jerk. <laughs> Right? Like, he's like a slum lord. Like, he's not great. <laughs> yeah. Tom Nook. Tom, yeah. The he's like the head banker raccoon guy in uh, Animal Crossing. Yeah, see, I know, like, next to nothing about Animal Crossing. But you know a lot about KFC. <laughs> and that's why you get the shames. Yup. I don't know how I feel about that. I almost feel insulted. You should. <laughs> <laughs> that'll do it for this episode of the geek awakens uh be sure to follow us on facebook twitter and instagram to keep up with what's happening throughout the week and be sure to let us know about any cool things we're missing out on from all of us at the geek awakens thanks for listening and we hope to see you next time everybody say bye bye